all right guys so welcome back my name is nilia my ig again at this point everybody should be following me but if not is nick underscore name underscore esco and today's episode is about healing despite trauma addition to that we officially have our first sponsor so excited yeah we need drum rolls we need drum rolls Um, We are currently recording from Rare Candy Store. Rare Candy is a thrift store in creative space in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. They have various events, own their own photography studio, and feature various new looks from upcoming designers. You can follow them at Rare Candy New York. Shout out to our first sponsor. Super excited. Fourth episode and we already have a sponsor. Um, Besides that, today I have a special guest, a good friend of mine who's super dope in so many ways um healing all year would like to introduce shamir hey y'all hi shamir hi (laughs) um shamir is a recent msw graduate hailing from brooklyn an active birth doula and a proud and i'm gonna say very proud haitian (laughs) in addition to her past experiences working within educational and youth development nonprofits. She is committed to advocating for historically underserved populations to have e- equitable access to care. She is currently a social worker at a New York City hospital. You can also follow her at IG at um, underscore underscore sham bam. She'll be tagged so you can follow her and you know see all the good stuff that she brings. Um, Shamir, thank you so much for coming to the show and sharing yourself with our listeners. All right, so we're gonna get right into it. Okay, okay, I'm ready. How are you feeling? Today I'm actually feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's 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 making you feel so good today? I don't I don't know. Um, I mean I do know. Um, Nelia and I have spoken about this before, but I'm currently on day seven of a ten day ten day detox, right. um, and I've never felt more energized. Um, and I don't know. I think today I'm just choosing to be happy. I'm so with today that. I'm happy. It's also brunch weather outside it is it's about like the world is ending but that's a different story different story right different <laughs> different episode um it's about 60 degrees mm-hmm. so it's definitely in, nice in january yes, okay in january um so let's talk about healing obviously sure. right this is mm-hmm. what the podcast is about what does healing mean to you or what does healing all year mean to you healing all year i think it means Allowing yourself to constantly evolve um, and forgive yourself in those moments where you might be healing and then you feel like you've taken 10 steps back. Um, And I think a lot of us, let me not generalize, I think for me, I'll be doing great and then something bad happens and then I find, I feel like I'm 20 steps behind where I originally was and I am harder on myself. So for me, healing all year is allowing yourself to grow but forgiving yourself in those moments where you may slip up or trip what i'm hearing you say is have some grace yes have some grace yes with your healing and have some grace with just you as a person as a woman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um how do you feel about um healing and the way that women or not not all women but specifically (laughs) black women and how black women are healing in like 2020 i feel like i've i've felt 
or seen a shift. I don't know if it's social media or not saying that social media has influenced them, but the fact that we're allowed a window into people's lives. I feel like I see a shift in a lot of the women, black women um, that I know, which I think is a beautiful thing to see. So a lot of people taking responsibility for themselves, um, myself included. Um, and so knowing that, okay, there may be bad things that happen to me, but what am I doing to make sure that I don't inflict pain on others because those bad things happen to me? Especially you, like with the saying that goes like hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Listen, okay. And so what am I, it's like, great, those things happen to you. What are you doing to move forward? So I, um, in my healing all year or within this decade for me <laughs> um i've tried to make sure that i'm showing up in ways that is responsible responsible and not hurting other people a lot of accountability on yes. what you're bringing to the table yeah i know there was a couple of um memes floating around on instagram about like people are saying that we're always we as women blame the man mm-hmm. and be like oh they're toxic they're toxic mm-hmm. but not really identifying or understanding our toxic traits mm-hmm. and how much we contribute mm-hmm. to some of the relationships that we have that we may say oh that was all on him mm-hmm. but we also have to take accountability which is what i hear mm-hmm. you saying for the healing portion of it is um taking accountability for ourselves and how we're showing up in all of our relationships not mm-hmm. just like relationships that we're dating but also like the friendships that we're choosing to have mm-hmm. so me and Shamir have been friends I want to say for like two years two years mm-hmm. right so we met at school um and why you you know go violets <laughs> what are we bearcat no bearcats is binghamton never mind i don't i don't, know, I don't know she's also a proud bing alum woo, woo. so that's kind of how our relationship started um but besides that like being active in our healing as women have been conversations that we've had um throughout our years mm-hmm. of being friends and just like checking in with each other being accountable um and just making sure that we're growing and making sure that we're healing through that um so what do you think relationships and healing like how do you think like those things like relay or how are they different or how are they um how can you be in a relationship and heal? I think all oh, those two things are so intertwined. You can def. I feel like there's this idea, and I am going to answer your question, but I think there's this idea where like you have to be this whole person mm-hmm. in order to be in a relationship. That is bullshit. Like I don't know who made that up. I don't know if it's like I don't know who. I feel like it's some man because I, 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 I I've heard it. I've I don't know. It I've heard that, but mm-hmm. I also feel like. You can be in a relationship and continue to heal. Like nobody is fully, it's, you're not gonna reach a point and be like, okay, I've healed, everything is fine. I've done X amount of therapy and now I am perfect. That's not how that shit works. Like it's, you're, you're gonna continue to evolve. Wait, wait, it's not? That's, that's not real? <laughs> not. That's, that's not what happens? No. Because I know for me, as you know, listeners know, like getting out of a relationship, I definitely do feel like, I need to be like on point. I need to be like a hundred percent. I need to have all my triggers, all my trauma, all all of whatever erased before I can be like, okay, now I'm gonna commit to this this person. Now I'm gonna commit to like being in a relationship. And like with I keep saying like, but with this with dating, I'm more aware of my triggers and how I show up when guys may say certain things to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoop. 
red flag, red flag, red flag. Can't do this. Can't do this. But sometimes I have to check myself and I have to say, okay, is it really a red flag or is my trauma speaking? Mm -hmm. So how is it that we can work through that conversation of like, is it my trauma or is it real? Is it a real concern that I should be aware of? Or am I just um, being triggered by what they're saying that it reminds me Mm -hmm. of? a past relationship or reminds me of a friendship that like I don't have anymore or, mm-hmm. or things like that like how do you feel like you deal with that I talk to my partner mm. the per- I think you know you have reached a point where you have like unlocked a level of healing <laughs> when you are able to show up in a relationship and talk to this person like these are these may be triggers from my past relationship um not saying that they like you're not coming to them like avoid these at all costs. Right. It's like I'm making you aware of these. And so if they come up, we can talk through it. Mm-hmm. And so there may be things. Me and him are very private people. <laughs> so like, him. <laughs> yeah. So but just like an example, there was something that he did. Um, it wasn't a bad thing. It mm-hmm. was like um, I think he was trying to remind me of like I I have a lot of like open tabs in my head 24/7. It feels like I have a million open and there's music playing from one and I'm not sure what tab it is. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of things happening in my head. The visual, and, the visual. Yeah. Yeah. And so he is very sweet where he'll be like remember to pack an umbrella because it's going to rain tomorrow or did you remember to pack your lunch? And there was a point in the beginning stages of our relationship where I was like it feels like you're telling me what to do. Mm. And so instead of like snapping at him, it was like, I want to talk to you about this feeling. It feels like you're telling me what to do. Like, I know I should do these things because I'm grown. Not, and then as we talked through it, it was like, well, there might've been a point in my life where I was being told what to do or treated like a child mm. um, or talked to in a condescending way. And I didn't like that. So we were able to talk through that. And now, for me, I'm looking at it as that is his way of showing that he cares. Right. That's a, like you telling to some people that might be like, well, he just told you to carry an umbrella. But that's a, you care. Like, you don't want me to get wet outside. So remember to pack an umbrella. Remember to pack your lunch so you're not spending money, um, $15 on a salad at Sweetgreen. Like, so now I see, like, the differences in how I react mm-hmm. to him. Like, we talk through everything sometimes i'm like you must be tired of hearing me talk <laughs> <laughs> which i think is important in relationships and you know we have like we're privy to other people's mm-hmm. type of relationships and you know what we see and, and and sometimes we know that certain relationships certain couples don't communicate mm-hmm. and how much the other person or vice versa how unhappy they are mm-hmm. um even in our past um <laughs> situations where we were seriously unhappy mm-hmm. just because we couldn't communicate mm. mm-hmm. like just simple mm-hmm. communication of like hey this is who i am mm-hmm. not even on a disrespectful level like take me or leave me but like this is just mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um and i think that's a sign of not showing right- that not showing that you're healing all, all year. I was in a situation where I really didn't vocalize how I was feeling about this relationship that was not a relationship. Um, and now I feel completely different. Like, it wasn't a, this is who I am, take me or leave me. I'm able to communicate. I communicate so well in this relationship. is is wild to me. Like, sometimes I'm like, damn, th- th- 
This is growth. Growth. <laughs> y'all can't see me doing the hand movement, but if y'all watch Insecure, what's her name? When she was like, you know what that is? Growth. That's what I'm doing right Amanda now. Seals. Um, no, not no. Amanda Seals. She Somebody out there knows. Natasha Rockwell. Okay. There we go. Okay. The actress Natasha Rockwell. Growth. Okay. That is a whole lot of growth. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, as being Shamir's friend, I am, I tell her all the time whenever I get to see her, how happy I am to see her so happy. Because the amount of healing that we've had to do within these last two years, Mm -hmm. but the amount of healing that she has to do outside of that Mm -hmm. has been inspiring. But (laughs) I I told you that. It has been inspiring, but also like I've been with Shamir through sometimes, especially with social work school and Mm. how how hard it is to function in a world just function in school and have all these different theories come at you and you have to doubt every single way that you were raised every single thing that you were taught because mm-hmm. obviously it's historically biased right towards mm-hmm. and racist and things like that but besides that like being um thrown in social work school and having to heal through all that is is another yeah. topic conversation but i've been with shamir through those times and to see her today looking fly because y'all can't see her. i wish <laughs> listen like season two we're gonna have like some video because i need to you, you guys need to see my my guests here anyway <laughs> the happiness that is on her face is um contagious right and it's very inspiring as i mentioned to like know like to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel through mm-hmm. healing especially with relationships mm-hmm. especially with some of the things that we've gone through it's like wait there is hope there mm-hmm. is not the end of healing but the beginning stages of what healing itself looks like instead yeah. of getting towards the healing yeah. now you're in the healing yeah. and you're in the growth and you're in the transformation of it and just being in that space is just and being her friend and be having that energy with with us right now is like is it's mm-hmm. it's real it, it's a good <laughs> i mean i also want to know thank you so much but i also want to know this happiness doesn't come from me being in a relationship right um i think the healing happened and i think a lot of i saw a meme that was like if you want to if you want love you need to heal i don't feel like i was fully healing until I reached a point where I was like, I'm not healing for something. I'm healing for myself. Mm-hmm. Everything will fall into place after. But like, it's the same way where if you're if you're losing weight for someone else, um, if you are changing the way you look for someone else, you're not going to feel happy the same way you're healing. If you're healing for someone else, for something else, you're not going to really be happy. And so mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of black and brown women that are like, I want to heal for love. That's great. But in, in the end you need to heal for yourself because yep. i was at a point at the beginning of this year where i was like you know what yep. if i'm the cool auntie for my friends and i slip their kids some money and i'm traveling around the world i'm okay with that but let me continue to work on me and then this man fell in my lap <laughs> literally <laughs> literally like fell like fell in my lap um and i he doesn't there's no type of like he completes me or now i'm complete it's he enhances my happiness. Yeah. That's what I, I feel like I'm already happy. Mm-hmm. And again, like, it's not like my life is great. I think with healing also comes an understanding 
um, that life is ups and downs. I think a lot of us are like, life needs to be good all the time. But in order for us to really experience the good, we have to go through the bad as painful as it is. And even though I'm happy right now, like there's a lot of there's things. Days. To, like, there's days. Yeah. Like today's the 10 year anniversary of the um, earthquake in Haiti and me and my mom were there. Um, when it happened, um, I had two deaths in my family and one of them was really traumatic and my family is still reeling through that and I'm still healing through that death um, mm-hmm. and I have my days, but it's like on some days I can be very happy and on others it's an understanding of like, okay, today I am sad. Yep, and Let it's okay. Let me feel this mm-hmm. sadness. Yeah. Um, I think when we try to push away the sadness um, or we try to mask it in ways that may not be healthy um coping skills coping Unhealthy skills which is fine like i get it there were a lot of, my coping skill is eating food but i knew i had to turn that around which is why i went to nutritionist and got a detox and all yeah. that so i think it's important to maintain that like you need to heal for yourself and not other people or not to attain some type of like something love merit or something yeah yeah and i think a good transition but before we get into the earthquake um anniversary i do think that where you were talking about like healing for you and like mm-hmm. you're gonna be that cool auntie i don't think i've gotten to the part where i want to be and the cool auntie that's okay. but i'm definitely at the space where it's just like if it happens mm-hmm. when it happens not if because it's going to just because mm-hmm. i don't i don't have a magic eight ball in front of me even though sometimes we feel like we should and we should just know everything and mm-hmm. be in charge of everything mm-hmm. and try to like dictate our life that um we are i am in this space of like i'm okay mm-hmm. and i'm getting to the space i know we've had many conversations over this like i'm getting to a space where i'm just like oh i'm okay with not dating mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. right we talk, i talked about that in my last episode about that um and just how that shows up and it's so Again, it's so amazing to see you in this happy stage just of mm-hmm. you, but also you in this extra happiness that you have. And it's like, there's... reason why I'm, I'm bringing that up again is because for everybody out there who may be struggling with relationship woes and wanting to be in a relationship and wanting to like have that perfect love or have someone to like hold and to cherish and hold you down and send funny memes to and <laughs> send sneaker pics to that's me um that's did you see sneaker pics are, are like viably important yes they are <laughs> um there's like light at the end of the tunnel like yeah. but it's more of like when we're good everything else falls into place mm-hmm. like, and again it's not like perfect good it's like an understanding of whatever good is for you whatever good is for you yeah um but also asking yourself like what why do i want a relationship mm. is it because you're feeling sad right because then because you want to or nah bro or nah yeah yeah non like, <laughs> yes. uh, like non-binary person. non-binary person <laughs> like no it can't be like i need someone to come like i think that shit is bull we're not half people you do not complete me like yeah I complete me. You just enhance. You might right. enhance my happiness. So yeah, I'm I'm happier with him. But I think right now I would also be if he wasn't around, I would, you would be okay. You were because you were. And the fact that I can say that, like, because like and like, not <laughs> and not be insecure over your relationship. Yeah, it's not that right? I'm insecure. Like, I don't. think... No, no, I'm saying like yeah. I'm saying like no, yeah, saying yeah, yeah, saying yeah. that you're good. Yeah, 
and not have to worry yeah, about agree. like shit is he gonna feel away yeah no exactly like, cause exactly. that's another topic exactly but um so Shamir's happy <laughs> today <laughs> I mean tomorrow I might be sad and that's okay too right today you're happy but today I'm happy um and you know uh we are talking about so there's a lot that has been going on in the world right I think if you've been under a rock maybe you don't know cool but if you are on the rock, I'll update you. So I know that there's been, um, as of yesterday, there's been 12 earthquakes in Puerto Rico. Just yesterday alone. And not in addition to, like, I think the other six or seven that have been going on. So I have family there. Thankfully, they are okay. They just don't have any light, right? But there's a bunch of other people on the island who are struggling, are going through a lot, mm-hmm. right, in this current moment. So we decided to do this podcast today because of the 10th year anniversary of the earthquake in Haiti. And although it's been 10 years and it seems as if it was just yesterday, especially with this, um, with the earthquakes that are happening in Puerto Rico, how are you feeling Mm -hmm. today being the 10th anniversary? Right. And I think, so for listeners, it's important to know so Context, yes, yeah. yes, I'm Haitian, and so it's like, oh my God, you had family. But my mom and I were there, um, actually on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, we had landed. We missed our flight. <laughs> I'll never forget that because I was like, damn, is that a sign we wasn't supposed to be there? We missed our flight, and then um, we got on the next flight that was on the ninth. Um, we were supposed to be there. I was supposed to be there until like January twenty second, and my mom was gonna. At that time, she had been staying in Haiti, like. For like two three months because you know if, if your parents are immigrants mm-hmm. it's like i want to get back to the heat mm-hmm. and so she was supposed to stay through march um and the earthquake hit on january 12th um and then we were evacuated um on january 22nd and then me thinking you know at that time i don't know it was like i don't know i i I guess there was an, like, I don't need therapy. Therapy is for white people. So my mom Mm. was like, maybe you should take, this was my sophomore year of college, I think. So my mom was like, maybe you should take a semester off. And I was like, I'm great. I'm good. Yeah, it was all downhill from there. (laughs) Um, And so 10 years years later, I think today, there's sadness, but it's not sadness like, woe is me crying. It's more, it's not even sadness for myself. It's more like I always... I'm always thinking about how the people are doing mm-hmm. or like I still think about to this day I was sitting next to an older woman she had to be a grandmother and sometimes I think about like I, did she make it out mm-hmm. like things like that so it's like thinking about other people um thinking about my mom because it's it's interesting to see how trauma mm-hmm. um plays out in different people mm-hmm. especially especially our parents who are from the yes. island right yes. so like my mom's been struggling um with hearing about puerto rico and the earthquakes that are going there not because she's experienced an earthquake but she's experienced other natural disasters that have her on edge and for her i mean i think more so because we're we're social workers we have a little bit more of an understanding Mm -hmm. so for her she's like i don't understand why i'm i'm sad i don't understand why i'm crying so she's talking to me about it and i'm like um this is ptsd yeah. mom this is like trauma <laughs> yeah. right and this is like how trauma shows up in the body mm-hmm. which is a plug for that book i'll link it i think mm-hmm. body keeps the score body keeps mm-hmm. the score right and it's like you're being reminded yep. of 
how you felt during your first natural disaster is what me and my mom were talking about. And she was like 12, 11, 12 mm-hmm. when one of the first hurricanes and how she was affected by it. And she remembers what she had on, excuse me, and all of all of that. So hearing about it and, and feeling, I think my mom also just feels helpless mm-hmm. and feeling like she can't do anything being here but she also knows that she if she was in puerto rico she would be here Mm -hmm. like she she wouldn't be able to be there so it's like consistently every time something every time the earth shakes she's calling me she's texting me she's Mm -hmm. telling me so it's like and then it it puts that secondary trauma on me Mm -hmm. right and it's like okay well my mom's which i already have right and we're gonna talk about another episode coming up soon about like grief and healing so there's that. There's the anxiety of like, okay, well, my mom is going through X, Y, and Z. So now I'm nervous about her. I'm anxious about her and her and how she's feeling. Um, and just being able to like hold space, mm-hmm. but also hold space for me and like have a healthy space of figuring out like, yes, she's going through her trauma. Yes, she's, she has the PTSD, I, I assume too. Um, how did you deal after during years later with mom <laughs> i think that you know, that's hard because <laughs> i think to be one first gen i see things a different way and especially now being a social worker there's thing i there's things i can't vocalize to her but i'm like i understand what this is mm-hmm. this is ptsd yep this might be a major depressive disorder yep um and sometimes it's like, how do you try to tell your parent? Because I, I I understand holding space, but I think one of the things with healing I found is that as you get older, you will, one, recognize that your parents are people. I think as children, we're like, they're these invincible, Fantasize. immortal, immortal. Yeah. Like, if you had a childhood where your parent was a caregiver um, that was positive for the most part in your mind they are this this force of this good being. this being yeah. that can't ever die and they don't make any oh, mistakes Jesus. and they don't have any flaws yeah and then i feel like throughout my healing process i've been realized like <sighs> oh shit you a person with flaws and triggers and all this other shit just like me mm-hmm. that's one and two recognizing like i will hold space but it's the same with a, any relationship mm-hmm. you can go to your friend you can go to your partner you can go to anyone, an acquaintance, to vent. But ultimately, it is up to you to take responsibility to go see a, a professional. A professional. <laughs> which, which currently we semi-are, but mm-hmm. not as of right now. I'm mm-hmm. still in school. Shamir is working on, on getting our license as well. So mm-hmm. just the disclaimer. Yes. Right? Why, yes I, okay, so I'm a social worker and I'm working to get my license. I am not. I am not anybody's therapist. Right. And I know for some people that me like, what you're in a relationship, and no. if you want to keep that relation, any relationship positive, you shouldn't be the person that is trying to figure shit out for someone. I'm going to listen to you vent. I'm going to sit here and be like, would you like advice or would you like me to listen? Mm-hmm. And not listen to respond, but actually listen active to just listening. active listening. Mm-hmm. And so once I do that, it's like, okay, well, hug. Thank you. Hug. Like, I let you vent. The next steps are, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to tell that person, like, you need to see a therapist. But that's how I show up in my relationship, any relationship with friends or my significant other. It's like, I'm going to vent to you, but I don't go to him for everything. Because right. I know he's not my therapist. And that's not ha- fair to him. 
like everyone's going through shit so now i put this burden on you and now you're worried about me and so it's like i had to oh my geez, yes. i had to have a boundary of like this is my mom and i love her but like i can recommend that she needs to see a therapist but i can't hold space to the point where i am so focused on your traumas that i'm pushing my traumas to the side and so worried about you Ooh, uh, <laughs> ooh, uh, okay. Heard I felt yeah, that. I, yeah, ooh, it's real. It's I fe- real. I, felt I saw some post the other day. I need to find it where I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this is my life right now. As you're healing, sometimes it might ruffle a few feathers. Oh, I'm ruffled right now. And I have like a little tear. It might be your yeah. friends. Oh my god. Okay. So I'm gonna mention the tag. It's the dot holistic dot psychologist. And she posted yesterday, harsh truth, your healing will bring out the emotional immaturity of your parents. I've seen that. And it can't, it's not just your parents. It could be your siblings. It Ooh. could be your friends. Oh, the siblings. It could be anyone. It could be anyone. So not to single out like. Just it, your, your parents. My parents. Yeah. It, I felt that so deep because I was like, I feel that with people around me. Mm. It's like I'm healing. And then it's like, oh, she know better because she think she a social worker now. So she doing all this social work stuff on you. Or you got the paper on the wall. Right. Or you think you better like, than me. Right. Like, no, no. I, don't think, I don't think I'm better than any. I think I'm just trying to do life as everybody else is. But I'm recognizing that I need to set certain boundaries. And so you're going to ruffle some feathers. Yeah. And it might sound harsh or it might sound bad. Like, you're supposed to be there through thick and... I'm going to be there through thick and thin, but I need to set boundaries. But also, <laughs> so with that boundary conversation, oftentimes as, as black and brown people, our families, especially mine, and I'm assuming yours too, like, either it's like the youngest needs to take care of the family. It's like the youngest... At least for me and my family, because mm-hmm. I'm the youngest, right? Like, you need to take care of your parents. Like, you need to be the one, especially because I am unwed without children. That is my role. And it's just like, wait, but where is my choice? Where? Mm -hmm. Yes, I want my parents to be good. I want want to be able to, like, probably, like, financially support them. But, like, outside of that, Mm -hmm. like, hey, like, I'm here too. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel oftentimes, right, and sometimes I'll have disagreements with my brothers about this because they're like, oh, this is stuff that we don't do mm-hmm. more so like if my parents happen to need to be in a nursing home then that's what they need to be in for my health and my well-being but also for theirs because if i'm unable to take care of them how are they able to be okay mm-hmm. and a lot of people feel like no that's like you have to keep it in the family mm-hmm. and it's like yeah but like how does like where how do i as me, as Nilia, like survive all of that, like and not and okay. I think let that's also a conversation among like immigrant. Let me not say immigrant. I was gonna say, but also I was gonna say, let me not use survive. Right. I think it, no, it is a conversation within immigrant families and uh, not just immigrant black and brown, but immigrant as a whole. There's this idea, or not this idea. It's like back home we don't do that. We mm-hmm. take care of our own. Mm-hmm. I would say in my family, I've noticed. It's the opposite, where it's not that we're told we need to do that, but I know for me, I feel a responsibility. Yeah. Um, nobody's telling me that responsibility. Like, mom, one thing my mom always said, she's like, I want you to live. Like, I don't want you regretting anything. Yeah. And I hear her, but also it's hard for me to be like... Is that realistic? Like, mom. Like, I need to help take care of you. And so I think... I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's a... It's, 
it's kind of, I guess, the customs that they brought over mm-hmm. that are now embedded in us. Yeah. I mean, personally, that's one thing. <coughs> like, I get that boundary, and everyone has set boundaries. And even when I was, I was working in the um, at an ER in Brooklyn as a social work intern, and it was primarily West Indian Caribbean population. And every time an ER doctor would make a recommendation, like this patient should not be at home, they need to be in a nursing home, it was the families and not the patient that was like, no, we need to keep them home. Right. I can understand that because yeah. I don't see myself putting my mom in a nursing home. I, like unless absolute, like if the doctor said something crazy, like they have some special type of like regenerative medicine. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Regenerative like medicine to help them, then fine. But like for me... I think I would still continue to take care, but I do understand that it's something that comes up for a lot of first gen or even women in the There's studies that show that if you have a daughter, like rather than sons, you're more likely to be taken care of by that daughter and not the sons. And that happens a lot in families. But I think it's, there's nothing wrong with setting a boundary for yourself. And now it comes down to, is your family going to respect that boundary? (laughs) Or are they going to look at you like, She's all the above. All the above. She all thinks she's better than us. That's mostly yeah. what it is. It's all the above. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. It's a whole nother episode. <laughs> but back to mom. How is? How do you? How how are you working with mom during this time? Like, okay, for example, today, she. I'm assuming she remembered it was ten years. Honestly, I don't know. Okay. Yes. There's also like the avoidance conversation too, probably. Maybe. It. I. You know what it is. So yes, we have the 10 year today. Also, I'm like, oh my God, if my family's listening, please don't kill me because they're probably gonna be like, you put in our business out there. I'm not saying names, so y'all be all right. Um, <laughs> it's the 10 year, but then like I said again, we went through a very traumatic death um, yeah. last year. Yeah. And so I think right. this might be on the back burner right yeah. now. Or maybe not even, like when we were talking about recording today, you didn't know that it was today when we said it. Yeah, it was I like, dead forgot. Later on, it I was, was like, like, oh, it's the 12th. Oh, sh-. and then, no, she said January 12th, and I was like, okay. And then some, my friend was like, I'm having something for the 10-year anniversary of the earthquake on Monday the 13th, which I will tag later because y'all should go to, mm-hmm. um, or mention later, not tag. And I was like, wait, that's Sunday? It's been 10 years? Like, because of there's so many things in my brain, like, I don't, there's sometimes where it's like, I don't have time for this trauma right now, so I'm going to just put it to the side. Let me just put it right here, and, and I'm going to look at it later. later. Yeah, I'll look at it later. <laughs> we'll look at it later. Because it's it's not something that's active. Like, right. for me, for the most part, like, I don't I don't have flashbacks. Um, like, when I first came back, I had, like, came back, they died, and I went to the um, Binghamton University Counseling Center. They diagnosed me with PTSD and major depressive disorder. Um... So I was having flashbacks, nightmares. I couldn't sleep alone. So I either had to have the lights on because I was sleeping alone. um, Or I found ways where I wasn't sleeping alone. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that was a, that was, I I was healing. No judgment. I was healing through that time, okay? Um, And so now, or even like, if the floor would shake and I didn't know why, full on panic attack. I remember when you were telling me about when you were in the dorm and there was a party Yes. And you heard the floor shaking. I mean, you could cheer. Yeah. So, like, if, if, Tim, like, when I'm in, I live in New York, I live in Brooklyn. Um, and so if I feel the floor shake below me, um, I, to me, I'm like, it's the train. So I have to tell, even 10 years later, I have to tell myself that mm-hmm. to calm down. If there are moments where I'm somewhere that I shouldn't be feeling the train, 
I'm having a panic attack. That yeah. happened once I was in a dorm and there was a party. I didn't know there, there was a party. Freaked out. Had a full-on panic attack. Um, a year after... A year after or two years after the earthquake, there was that earthquake in New York City. I was living in D.C. at the time. Yeah. And so to go through another earthquake again. I was in Brooklyn. It was full on panic attack. And then the most recent one I had, it was in the NYU building. The really nice one where they host all those conferences and stuff. Kimmel? Kimmel. Okay. Kimmel. We, I was on the eighth floor. I remember. And I felt the floor shake in a way. It felt like what was the beginning of the earthquake when I was in Haiti. Yeah. So I remember I left the room and was in tears. And so I was like, I need someone to explain to me. Like, I hear you telling me it's not an earthquake, but I need you to tell me why the floor is shaking. Right. Because if I don't have a reason, I'm not so going to be able to ground yourself. Yeah, I can't ground myself. So finally, someone was like, the dance team is practicing downstairs. Okay. And so I still have my triggers. It's yeah. like, I need to know why the floor is shaking. Right. Um, to be able to like hone in. Right. To like, re- I always call, we, I call it like the reality versus yeah non-reality right yeah. like now you know that the floor is shaking right that's the reality right that's but the reality. reasons yes. behind the something reasons, different right. how do you feel like did you feel like you had to heal like could you have gone on with life with just being like i'm gonna put this in this little corner in this little box i'm gonna ship it away in the back of my brain do you feel like your life you would be anywhere healing wise in your life if you didn't deal with that if you didn't work through it. I it wasn't something like I need to work through it. It was kind of like a enough is enough. Um I didn't finish so I went to Binghamton for 4 years but I didn't graduate from there. Um and then I had jo- I moved to DC, had a job there, moved back home, had jobs. And there was a point where I was like if I don't finish my bachelor's, like I'm not going to make the money that I want. And so it was an understanding of like some like it doesn't seem like, okay, well, how's the Haitian earthquake affecting her studies? Mm -hmm. But it was affecting my everyday life. Right. Like wouldn't sleep, stress, eat. Which is how trauma Mm -hmm. shows up. Trauma manifests in in so many different ways that you wouldn't even imagine. So it was finally like, okay, maybe I need to go see a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, And seeing that therapist, it wasn't just addressing traumas from Haiti. It was addressing traumas from like childhood that I experienced that I didn't see as traumas back then. Damn childhood traumas. Damn, I'm over listen, here like, Ugh. Listen, cause you, you listen. <laughs> it, like we don't understand how much our childhood shows up in Yo, our adult lives. Listen. Especially, especially with us being heterosexual women dating men. Like how much that shows up and how sometimes when we're not healing, we end up dating the person we don't like in our family. The way you were given love or the way you were shown love is how you're going to seek out love. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. Um, that's another... <laughs> that's a whole nother there's podcast. A, there's, a whole, there's a whole bunch of episodes we have lined up <laughs> because there's so many conversations that we can have yeah. about healing and how that shows up. But, yeah. but like you were saying about like going back to your therapist and mm-hmm. talking about the childhood did that like help you realize like maybe there's something here i think for me yeah absolutely it definitely helped it was like oh i didn't know that would show up that way Mm. like that's my childhood that's in the past why would that show up why why does Um, that even matter right but like as children we're so easily imprinted on and so if those early experiences 
like they form who we are and so for us it, it can be hard to shake so sometimes you have to take responsibility. But for me, it wasn't like I'm taking responsibility and going to a therapist. It was just like, I've had enough. I need to finish school. What do I need to do to overcome these barriers so I can get to where I want to be? Um, and I feel like that's when the work, the work really. Because even when I was in Binghamton, yeah, I went to go see a counseling center therapist. But after that, it was like six sessions. You're done. Yeah, I was like six sessions. I'm done. Fuck this shit. Like, I'm a drink. Yeah. If I want to sleep with someone, I'll sleep with someone. Like whatever coping, th- whatever it was. coping. It wasn't. I wasn't like sleeping around, but it was like if, I'm gonna seek out this person that maybe I shouldn't be sleeping with, but I'm gonna sleep with them anyway. Yeah. Because I I need to cope because I just experienced this traumatic trauma where I saw people die and the masses like mad things that you sh- I feel like no one should be seeing. Right. For me, it was like I need to cope the best way I know how. Right. Yeah. And oftentimes their things like that yeah and that's okay yeah that's okay until it's no longer until okay it's no yeah. like what and you were saying I you're done point. i was like I've, I've had enough and so that's when it started and that was 20 i mean the earthquake was 2010 and i didn't start seeing a therapist until 2013 wow yeah okay so you had some time to like I had some time. sit with it yeah and understand how much that's not helping you Mm -hmm. and i wonder for our listeners out there how many of you guys are actually sitting with shit that doesn't make you feel good and you're just like "Mm, it's okay it'll go away or we do that all the time even in relationships because even when i was in therapy i wasn't i wasn't in a relationship (laughs) but um that noise was uh yeah sorry because i was she was so excited about what i said (laughs) um even yeah i was in therapy but then i was in a situation where i look back I, that person, during that time, it was great. Right. Um, I'm thankful for all the experiences. But looking back, I was like, maybe I shouldn't have been in that situation. Yeah. And I easily could have been like, yeah, I'm going to cut this off and this is done. Yeah. But for me, I was like, oh, well. It feels good. It feels good. Yeah. He makes me feel good. Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't, he makes me feel good in sorry moments. <laughs> he also, he also and makes you forget about what or, is on your exactly. mind. Exactly. You, yeah. when you're there, I forget about the shit I should be addressing. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to just deal with this. And it was also this fear of like, do I want to start the dating process all over Ugh. again? Because it's hell out here. Girl. Okay, dating in New York. I don't know about other states, but New York City is it's hard. different. It's hard. Especially because everybody know everybody. Whew, you know I know everybody. I I'm know. like, Brooklyn, New York City's so big, but so small. Like, it's so small. Especially, <laughs> especially you went away to college. Oh, yeah. If you went away to college, for some reason. Everybody like knows na- everybody. Everybody knows everybody. And then I joined a sorority. So, like, there's that extra layer. So, me... How me and Shamir actually first met Sidebar, she knows one of my line sisters, one of my sorority sisters, for people who don't know what I'm talking about, who went to Binghamton. And I was like, oh, that's 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 my girl. That's my girl. So it's like the the world is super, super small. But let's say let's go. Let's go back to the topic. Right. Yes. Because <laughs> this is what we do. We, we like to talk. It's fine. Um, what else? could you say um that has made you feel that it was time to heal outside of like this this big event of your life like is there any other time in your life where you're just like all right maybe it's time or if this didn't happen do you feel like you would have went to therapy with how your life was? if the earthquake didn't happen yeah honestly i don't know how my life would have been okay 
honestly don't. And I'm not one of those people. I was thinking about this this morning. I think people, and this is like, if that is how you cope with things, if that is your faith, that is okay. But for me, I think this whole idea of God won't put you through anything you can't handle. And it made me stronger. And it made me who I am today. All that is fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because I wish I never went through this earthquake. I wish I never went through some of the traumas I experienced in my childhood. Mm -hmm. I I don't want it to make me feel like... Be a better person. Right. Because yes, we go through hard shit. But as human beings, like we shouldn't be going through hard shit. Like things like that. And the earthquake I couldn't control, fine. And even as a child, there were certain things I couldn't control. But like someone else could have taken control. Right. And so for me, it's like that could have been avoided. The earthquake, not so much. It's a natural disaster. It it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But maybe we can even argue that could have been prevented because that level of earthquake, I remember, hit Chile like two years later. And maybe they had a couple broken windows because of the mm. infrastructure in Haiti. Got it. It's so poor because Haiti is paying for being the f- only successful slave rebellion. The world is making Haiti pay for that. That is another conversation because I could talk about that. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, I feel like those deaths could have been, there were a lot of deaths could have been avoided. avoided. Got it. And so I guess in a way, yes, we shouldn't have gone through that. And so this whole idea that it'll make me stronger is bullshit. Um, for me, I don't know about for other people, but I don't know if I would have seeked out therapy. Maybe, um, I don't know if there was a, a point. I think it was just social work school because I remember, so 2016, um, I, went to france like on a solo trip and i came back and it was like my eat pray love i cut my hair the situation i was in i deaded it right i got fired from my job trump excuse me we're not gonna mention that ugly orangutan's name on this podcast <laughs> that man got voted in by 53 percent of white people excuse me white women yeah i'm going on a rant today um and so and at around, you, she's gonna hear herself when she called when she called back <laughs> and around that same time i was applying for grad schools and I remember going through that, and even though I had deaded things with the, that person, um, that shit is like someone dying. You speak to that person every day for like a year to, in my case, three years, and then all of a sudden you don't speak anymore. My case, five years. Right. Yeah. So it was a lot of like trauma. Damn, I'm I'm sad. I miss this person, but then it's like, do I miss this person or do I miss what how the they person made you feel? How how they made me feel? Mm-hmm. Or what they were to me Mm. um Mm. and so it was that and then entering social work school and knowing that (sighs) a lot of the things we talk about in social work school will usually re-traumatize you yeah or will make you realize like oh shit and i think that's when i really realized like oh wow my parents are just people too yeah i agree yeah i agree yes i agree so that's when i really had to be like all right i need to figure this out because i can't be sad all the time yeah, especially especially trying to do papers and stuff like how yeah, we were trying it's to do. Hard. It was it's I'm still she graduated already, obviously. I'm still here. I graduated <laughs> in May. However, like last semester, I definitely felt all of that. And I think if we're going to be honest, I think it's the lack of me healing of grief. It's lack of me healing from my grief. Yeah. It'll think, come up. I think I think that's like the level of um, discon- I was disconnected from day one. From yeah. September, I was disconnected. Yeah. By the time December came, I'm like, I'm throwing this out the window. That this was the first time I've ever had to ask for an extension. I was telling you, 
I've never in the the two years, three years that I've been there, I've never had to ask for an exit. Even as undergrad, even in when I got my other masters, I've never had to. So I think the fact that I'm uh, consciously mm-hmm. avoiding healing from my grief, which is not okay, but okay because I'm hello, we're healing. This is this right. is how it goes. Um, but I think it just it just kind of like manifests itself in a way of like I don't want to do any work. Yep. Ever. I want to yep. sit in front of my TV and watch Netflix yep. and disconnect from society in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, scroll through Instagram and just not deal with the tabs. Because I have, mm-hmm. literally on my phone I have like 500 tabs. But like in my brain I do too. Mm-hmm. I, I like that that term you yes. use. It makes, visually for me it makes sense. Yeah, it makes so much, there's like music playing from somewhere. And I'm like, where is that tab? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that doesn't make sense. But I think with with what's going on in like Puerto Rico right now, yes. which I definitely want to um, host something. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do like a joint effort on it, something like that. I'm gonna we'll say about all right, it. like I'm not good at planning stuff. I know. Yeah, so it, I'm not. I know. Don't host. What I will say is, speaking of events, um, the August project. Uh, the CEO. I don't. Know, is she the CEO? Founder. Excuse me. Is my dear friend Ruth Jean Marie. Um, oh, I know Ruth. Yes, Ruth is Bay. You see, um, you see, you see the small world again. Yes, yeah, small world. She is hosting an event tomorrow, January thirteenth. Uh, maybe this podcast will go up I'll, after that, and no, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll post it. Okay, so it's development in Haiti. Conversations about innovation, development, and progress. Ten years post earthquake. She's having that tomorrow at one twenty six Fifth Avenue. Follow her um, at the August August Project, and Project is spelled P R J C T. And you can RSVP there. Um, there will be conversations about like what what's next for Haiti. But I yeah. think that would be a good le- leeway into. I think in general, everyone's thinking about. I mean, the world is a shit show right now. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a constant it's reminder of certain things. And and so again, I'm <clears throat> constantly thinking about how my mom is coping. Um, and for me, I, one of my ways I heal. I don't watch the news. I don't. I I limit it. I limit it. I don't want like it, it's not that I'm ignorant to what's going. I know what's going on in the world. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's for your safety. It's for my safety because also I am work as social worker in a hospital, mm. and it's you're around. There's sometimes when it's like I have nothing to tell a patient, but I'm sorry because there's no other way for me to there's help. There's nothing them. else to talk about. There is a lot of trauma, and I feel like in particular this job has continued to re-traumatize me because of. Yeah. What happened to my family last year. Yeah. And so that's another reason why I'm like, I need to actively know that I'm healed because I can't mm. come into work and give my patients half. This is why. And sometimes I'm their only resource. This is why I don't want to do direct care. <laughs> that's a whole that's nother conversation. conversation. But with that being said, I think there's more to be done for people. So we're in, in, in New York and we're pretty privileged here. And there's people in other countries that aren't. And I think... And I would say we, as in me and Neely, are privileged here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I think that there's more to be done. So, like, I'm definitely going to host um, some efforts for Puerto Rico and sending over some supplies and things like that. Because outside of um, my people, um, that they're okay, quote unquote, right? Um, There's still other people in Puerto Rico who aren't and who do need um, efforts. And there's still people in Haiti who are still dealing with what they need to deal with. Yeah. So Shemay gave the me that plug. And the 
in general. Revolution. I yeah. mean, some people call it something else. I'm going to say it is a revolution that was happening earlier this year that people are fed up and they want more because yeah. they've been offered nothing. It's it's so much. There's so much. There's so much going on in the world that, like, healing is required. Yep. Right? It's, like... Because you will lose yourself. Required. Yeah. And I think that for people who are, you know, still listening to us, we're almost done here. Right, are y'all still here? We're almost (laughs) done here. Um, That it's important to heal, right? Like, it's truly, truly important for us to start the healing process and for us to continue continue in that journey, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to wrap things up. Shamir, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. This was coming. so great because I can talk. If you know me, I can talk forever. She can talk all day. I'm I can talk to... all day. I don't know how my boyfriend deals with me because sometimes I'm like, do I talk too much? We have a limit here. We got people coming into the... I got a date later. Word. We got people coming into the thrift shore. Remember? Store. 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 Thrift store. Yeah. But yes, thank you for having me as a guest. All day. I'm so glad to be here. I'm good. All right. So we're going to do the questions that we do, right? Um, so the questions that we like to close the episodes with yes, to keep you guys focused and thinking for the next episode is how can we, how can we be better for today than we were tomorrow in our healing? How can we be better individuals for ourselves in our healing? And what does that look like? How does that show up? How can we give ourselves the grace to be in that wiggle room slash season? How do we give ourselves grace in accepting the truths that are coming out, the changes that we want for ourselves, and move, touch, and inspire ourselves, and heal, and others, and I messed that whole thing up. (laughs) I'm tired already. It's okay. How do we give ourselves grace in accepting the truths that are coming out, the changes that we want for ourselves, and move, touch, and inspire ourselves, and others to heal all year? Guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you um, subscribe and look out for the next one. Thanks. Bye. Bye.